Hey there, Frontlines listeners. This is Mike letting you know about this week's sponsor, Audible.com. Head over to audiblepodcast.com slash Clone Wars to download your free audiobook. Choose from over 60,000 titles, including a wide array of Star Wars and Clone Wars audiobooks. So head over to audiblepodcast.com slash Clone Wars to start your free trial today. A long time ago, galaxy far, far away, the clone armies of the Republic were spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 36th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Lightsaber Lost. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me is my co-host, Matt Crinky, Crankster. What's happening? Crankster's in the house. (laughs) Clone Wars fans, how's it going? Oh, man, 36 episodes. 36. 36, yeah. That's crazy. Getting up there. 36 episodes. I probably would have stopped at 22 if it wasn't for you. You're <laughs> hey, the one, you're the so one who keeps me coming back every week now. It's like now, instead of just, uh, yeah. instead of just like, if, if you guys want to know why you're getting regular episodes every week, so, or at least every week for an episode, um, it's because Matt just bugs me and says, yeah. hey, are we doing it? Hey, is it time? Hey, are we going to record? <laughs> Keep it, I'm keeping them on task, folks. That's yeah, because otherwise you guys know I probably would be like three episodes behind right now uh, but 36 episodes and how many how many episodes are we in for you then we're like 14 in for you i think it's around there yeah 20 some odd i is when i jumped on board back in uh august i think it was or september yeah yeah that's crazy good times it's gone yeah. by real fast i was just yeah i'd bring it up because i was just going through files and you know just uh cleaning stuff up and yeah that sort of thing on my computer and i just saw Man, they're like 36 episodes as compared to, and then it was something uh, my like the the 26th episode rundown or 27th episode rundown, and uh, and I was looking at it, I was going, oh, 26, 27, that's so long ago, and then I was looking at it, going, oh, yeah, and Matt was already on the show at that point. Like yeah, yeah. it's gone by really fast, but we've also done a lot of shows, like we've also done a lot of episodes and stuff. So yeah, we did a couple of regular um, just non clone war show so that, that's been fun too so yeah so uh so you guys can send matt emails saying thank you for giving us an on-time show because mike needs to get his act together <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's good that we got uh at least we got monday we can we can hook up and it's only a couple of days after the show so it kind of it's been working out yeah. pretty good yeah well that and uh and teletoon's been kind enough to actually be on time with most of the episodes it's only yeah. been a few that i've had to go online to try and find so um that's good so yeah it's been really cool that i can just watch them on tv just watch them on the tivo nice. and, uh, and i don't have to worry about the whole you know legality and oh yeah morality of it and you know am i stealing am i like what's going on you know yeah that sort of thing i it's just no i can just watch it on tv which <laughs> makes it a lot easier to uh to do this on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Always caught up. 
For sure. Well, we got some news to get into, yes. so, uh, so let's jump right into that. Yeah, now, uh, I think it was two podcasts ago, um, I asked you, since you had seen Avatar, yeah. um, if you thought that the technology was there that Lucas would uh, change his mind about the 3D or, or do it himself, much like he did with uh, Jurassic Park back in 93 when he saw that, he goes, wow, okay, it's time. The, the yeah. technology is here now. Now, it looks like at the Golden Globes, I believe it was the Golden Globes, um, Access Hollywood had a little story about uh, the achievements of Avatar and could it help bring Star Wars back into 3D. And then Lucas did mention, he had a couple of quotes saying that uh, it looks like it might be time. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's uh, time is a is a, is a key fa- phrase there, a key word there that... Uh, it's probably going to take some time. Um, probably not going to happen for a few years, but just the fact that he acknowledged that uh, it, it, it looks like it's going to happen for him, I guess that yeah. could be good news. Um, so yeah, guess, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's always been a thing of the technology being good enough to do it properly, right? And that's, right. That's, I think that's where he's at. And, uh, and I think that with the technology that was an Avatar um, and how great the 3D was, it, you know, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely on the table, but I think I said back that a couple episodes ago that I, that Avatar was built for it, right? From the right. ground up yeah. and filmed to be in 3D. Um, whereas, you know, he's going back to 30-odd-year-old movies and, uh, and adding a 3D element, which I think is a little bit more difficult to do um, and t- will probably take a little bit more time. But... That being said, I'm I'm sure that they can do it. I'm sure that there are legions of people who would be willing to work for him and help him accomplish that task. So yeah. Um. So if they wanted, like, if he wants to do it, he'll do it. Oh yeah. yeah. It's. I think right now it's just a matter of whether or not he wants to. And I think, I think maybe he's focused on, on TV, and on. Uh, uh, Red Tails is another Tails. thing that he's been talking about a lot, right. which is his World War II fighter plane. Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, but the Tuskegee Airmen. So um, I, I think that's really his focus right now is is that stuff, is getting those things done. Um, and then at some point he'll do that other stuff. And, and I mean, I said it before, I'm fairly certain that there is a high-def Star Wars oh, yeah. in the works. Definitely. Um, whether or not they are actually wondering if they're going to put it on Blu-ray or streaming or whatever. Yeah. I think we'll see that before we see any 3D, obviously. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, like you said earlier, though, the uh, you said that Avatar was... Well, we actually seen this from uh, Cameron, too. He said he, he built some of this, these cameras and these shots specifically yeah. for this. And, and then taking a 30-year-old movie, it's, it's obviously not going to be the same. Um, yeah. But... Something in there George saw that uh, he's going to be able to work upon, maybe. But like you said, it's, I, I definitely think that uh, high def is going to be before 3D. And that's great. Hey, bring on the Blu-rays. I'd love to see. I mean, everybody's waiting yeah. for this, you know, just like we waited for the DVDs for how many yeah. years. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, forever and ever and ever and ever and <laughs> ever. So it'll that's happen. That's a lot in life, yeah. Yeah, I'm, when we see, we'll see Indiana Jones on Blu-ray first, yeah, and I then it'll so. be followed by Star Wars. I think that, that that tends to be the way that it goes. Um, 
they, with the exception of the of the VHS releases, because they put out that THX box set, right. and then they didn't put out a new VHS set for Andy until just before the special edition or just after the special edition. Right. Not 100. percent That was a long time ago, so I don't remember 100. percent But, um, yeah. Huh. So, but with the exception of like everything else, like with DVD and stuff. It, it was like Indiana Jones came out and it's very sort of humdrum. It's pretty basic, yeah. Yeah, there's not really a lot on there. There's a couple of, there's I think there's one documentary about the whole, all three movies or whatever on right. the bonus disc right. and some other extras, but not really like, man, commentary, please. I would love yeah. commentary on those movies. It's uh, It's kind of ridiculous to me that they aren't there. But Spielberg doesn't really do a lot of audio commentaries, so. Right. I mean, I'd love to get an audio commentary on Jurassic Park as well, but, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's that. Star Wars in 3D. Hopefully we can see it soon. Hopefully it's something that's coming. Hopefully we get this Blu-ray thing sorted out so we can stop talking about it on the show. <laughs> uh, <'cause, laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like just yeah, just put them out already so that we can stop reporting on it, reporting that there's nothing to report, yeah. you know, like that, or at least just tell us when it's gonna come, so that we can report that there is something to report, but that there won't be anything to report for a while. Say that again. Yeah, because it's because uh, it like we seem to talk about it once an episode, but uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, we've also got some collecting news though. So uh, and this is this is sort of more in my area. The yes. uh, the 2010 Star Wars packaging has been revealed. Um, let's see, as collectors and consumers of Star Wars merchandise will discover a new look across all product lines this fall. A striking clone and sky design that delivers a fresh, stylized look, capturing the spirit of the Star Wars saga. So so far, we've only seen the Clone Wars packaging, though. I don't. I haven't seen anything for any um, no. classic yeah. or or uh, I don't know what do they call the other ones? They call them legends or something. Uh, yeah, legends or right. uh, uh, saga legends are the repacked ones essentially. Right. Right. And then uh, what's the other ones? Yeah, build the droids and uh, let's see, legacy. Legacy. Yeah. 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 yeah legacy is the, is what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what I said, classics. But yeah, this new design, uh, it actually goes in a totally new direction. Um, it's very dark colored. It, it's kind of got this dark uh, Death Star gunmetal gray. Gunmetal gray, yeah. Mixed with a lot of blue and uh, and sort of a creamy white. Um, and it's just, it's got this clone. It almost looks like uh, like propaganda style art. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, with, with the clone sort of looking off into the distance and then this nice... Uh, sunburst coming through the clouds right. behind him, and uh, and it's I mean they're very very cool design, definitely a new direction for Star Wars packaging, which has been very um, I don't know very cookie cutter, very very simply Star Wars. Um, yeah, which I mean I as everybody knows, I, like I'm a graphic designer, and I you know sort of pay a lot of attention to this and since the 30th anniversary wave a few years ago i think that they've been doing really great stuff but i do also think that it's kind of just been twists on what they've been doing you know forever sort of that angular uh angular or rounded you know pretty much just making it look like um 
like the Star Wars technology, you know, like the the surface of the Death Star or right. the inside of the Tantive Four, or you know, all those like iconic things that I think that we are all very used to. Oh yeah. Um, and and although this has elements of that for sure, it's also got these other elements that are much more fantastical and less sci-fi. Um, with the with the sky and the whole sort of uh, propaganda style of the art. So. Um, what this means for you listeners is that uh, all that work that I've been doing to redesign the website <laughs> is for nothing because because uh, now I want to do it in the style of these new packages. New packages but I uh, that doesn't really mean a bunch. It just means that I change colors and yeah. add a couple of little graphic things. But the layout's pretty much gonna stay the same. But uh, but you guys can look forward to that. Uh, a long time from now <laughs> not gonna happen hey, anytime just tell us how you really feel yeah yeah um <laughs> don't sugarcoat it yeah no i've been working on it but yeah. i've been working on it when i'm not working on other stuff and i tell you it has been busy uh it's been busy ever since just before christmas I'm a busy busy guy you're a busy guy too i mean we've kind of been we've been able to keep the mondays as a recording day yeah yeah it's sort of you know, sacred time and nobody messes with it. But, uh, but even still, we've had a couple of things that, you know, maybe put this off until recording next week. Let's record earlier in the day or whatever. Um, because we are, we are a couple of busy guys. Yeah. But, uh, you, uh, have you seen the, uh, the three and three quarter? There was a picture of, uh, one of the the new design, the three and three quarter of Kit Fisto, and it kind of gave you a layout of how the uh, the figures were going to look on the new yeah design. You saw yeah. that, right? Okay. Yeah. The gunmetal and the blue. So that didn't look too bad. Um, you know, it's funny about uh, we got Captain Rex, who was a new new uh, character for the Clone Wars, and now he is going to be part of the uh, packaging. Yeah. So I mean, that has to mean something there when you got Captain Rex as the face of the packaging here. Um, it makes you think. You know, what is? Are they going to do something different with this character? Are they going to either have him go out with a bang or go out differently? Um, there's been a lot of we've talked about Captain Rex and what might happen to him, and actually we might talk about that later. So maybe I'll save some of my comments for later as far as the uh, one of the mailbags. But uh, yeah, Captain Rex, the the face of the new packaging. So yeah, which is I think it's uh, that's an interesting thing for them to go with. Yeah. to go with Captain Rex when they could have very easily gone with, uh, with what, you know what? I think that the colors are sort of a little bit more evocative of is the Mandalorians. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause you look at the colors and they're sort of this dark gray with, uh, with blue and, uh, and you look at the Mandalorians that, that are going to be appearing in season two, um, which we'll talk about later in the episode. But, uh, yeah, it, it kind of looks like their color scheme. So, I, you know, it's curious that they didn't decide to go with, yeah, with uh, with that with the the image of the Mandalorian. But I guess the clone troopers are probably a little bit more um, recognizable. Yeah, I think I think the problem that you get into is that although a lot of people know Boba Fett, a lot more people know stormtroopers, right? And uh, and clone troopers are an awful lot closer to stormtroopers, so. Yeah, makes sense. I think that's what you end up with. Uh, but yeah, but it is interesting that that Captain Rex is forefront right. on the figures because with the last 
with uh with the red ones there wasn't even really a no a character focus on them um they were very all of them were very very similar um and especially you know up here in canada we get generic printed cards um so where you guys down in the states will get a card that's different for each character that has its own different little picture right uh, like it sort of got the snapshot no they will just pick one snapshot uh oftentimes like something like darth vader or a stormtrooper or a clone trooper or something uh and they will that'll just be on every single card um and i think it has something to do with the fact that they have to print the french cards so rather than translate every single card back into french they just do one and then and then that's kind of it. Yeah, I'm looking at. I'm just on StarWars.com right now, and they have this uh, Inside Star Wars Insider number one fifteen. It's right on their front page right now. Yeah. And uh, and you can see the Mandalorians on there, and they are blue. Like these Mandalorians specifically, the ones that are going to be in the upcoming episodes, are blue and gray. Like they're blue and, and a dark gray. So yeah. Very interesting that those are the colors. Yeah. Well, you know, there's some other, uh, a couple other things as far as collecting that uh, have been going around the last week or so. Um, the first thing is, as, as far as packaging goes, there is also talk of bringing back the classic cards, the classic, you know, black and silver of the... Uh, yeah, the very or the sort of the, the silver piping around the edges. Yes, yeah, they're talking about bringing those back uh, and having a run of those. Uh, sometime in the summer, so a lot of people are excited about about that as well. Um, my, I myself am looking forward to that. Uh, I try to collect uh, some of the red cards of the Clone Wars, and then there's just so many for me right now. I can't I can't collect it all, but that the classic saga stuff I might uh, think about looking yeah. getting some of those. Well, you know, you know, I went crazy with the Clone Wars stuff when it came out. Um, yeah, picking up. I picked up all of the Jedi so far that I like, um, yeah. which is most of the Jedi. Uh, and uh, and then I also pick up clone troopers to go along with them. And then if there's a clone commander that also goes along with them, I pick that up as well. So uh, so I just after Christmas, you know, I get a bunch of new stuff and uh, I had to reorganize my, uh, my displays and stuff. Um, I was going through all that stuff and I was just like, man, there is a lot of toys here. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, although, you know, it it doesn't seem like they're that expensive. You buy them nine bucks here, five bucks here when they're on sale at Toys R Us, two for one or something. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, you're not, you don't really feel like you're spending a lot of money. And then you end up with, you know, $100 worth of figures. And I, and I end up <laughs> having to put most of them away because there's just really nowhere for me to put them. Yeah. But, uh, but I take my stuff out of the pack. You know, you, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Gonna, are you an oper, opener or a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I open everything pretty yeah. much. Um, I only have a few things that I've never opened. My Ralph McQuarrie set, uh, I have each of those carded, except I'm missing the last two, the uh, the Han Solo and uh, oh, I think the Rebel Trooper are the ones that I'm missing on that one, which is unfortunate, and I really need to find them. Yeah. But uh, those are carded because I really like the way that the cards look. Um, and because they have the concept art and being an artist myself, I really appreciate that. So I kept them on the card. Yeah. And then I have, uh, I have pl- 
Playmates did a re-release of the old Ninja Turtles just this past year uh, in 2009, and I and I have those. I have all of those okay. carded because they're on the classic 1985 or 86 cards. Right. Um, okay. And uh, and they're just that's nostalgia. And what would I do with the cards if I took the figures out? So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just have those hanging on my wall as like modern art. Oh, okay. <laughs> I keep all mine carded as far as the uh, three and three, three and three quarter, but the uh, pretty much anything else, I'll open up my sideshow stuff. Obviously, it's displayed, and um, actually, my Unleashed figures are still carded as well. But the cards are pretty bad, so I, I'm thinking about opening them. I don't know. I'm still debating that one. I got about fifteen or so. Unleashed the Unleashed stuff. The pro- I'll tell you with the Unleashed is that they are they're big, and then when you want to store them, they are difficult to find a place to store oh, them. Yeah, because like with the statues, you just put them right back in the box. They've right. got styrofoam to go around them. They go into a box. It's nice and square. You can just yeah pack it away in your crawl space or whatever. But with those Unleashed figures, they have to go in with your action figures in some way right. and uh, and they're kind of big and they're kind of clunky and yeah. yeah that's been my issue with the Unleashed stuff yeah. which I actually don't have any Unleashed displayed anymore wow it's all, it's all gone huh but, well uh, yeah the only other thing that I wanted to mention too was something that I was looking to get and because I actually I don't think I ever got one of these and it was the uh, they're talking about redoing the ATAT and yeah yeah it's making it bigger yeah, yeah. Making it bigger. Kind of it the BMF. Yeah, treatment. exactly, exactly. Um, calling it the BMATAT. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're supposed to make it bigger. It's supposed to come with a speeder. The cockpit's supposed to open. Yeah. Um, sounds, and this is something that um, I don't have a hardly any vehicles, but uh, that's such a classic design that ATAT. It's, it's one of the coolest ships I've that, in the Star Wars universe, I think, and. Uh, Something that I might put on the shelf out here in my house. Um, they're, they're talking like it's going to be around 100 bucks, which is a little surprising, seeing as how the BMF was, I think, what 150 or something like that. Yeah, it's probably going to yeah. be bigger than that. So um, I would have to think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it'd, be, it'd be close. Well, how much did the turbo tank end up being? I never, I never saw. They're about 100 bucks. Right? It's about 100. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you can get it for cheaper now. Um, yeah, want. for sure. Well, you could you could get a big Millennium Falcon some places up here in Canada bucks. for yeah for like for like fifty or seventy five dollars depending on where you were going. Yeah, um, but that was like if you could find them, and it was several months later. So yeah, so that's another. A lot of people are excited about that too. So there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we got Toy Fair coming up, and Sideshow of course has yeah. all kinds of stuff coming out. Uh, so yeah, there's actually, you know what, I, I complained, I think, either last year or a couple of years ago about there not being a lot of classic stuff, um, a lot of classic trilogy, and it was all Clone Wars or prequels related, yeah. but uh, but it seems like Sideshow and Gentle Giant are really focusing on on the classic trilogy right now, which is really cool to see. Yeah, um, definitely. Let's see those get a little bit of love. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a little bit of uh, news. Not a lot, not a ton of stuff going on, but uh, just a couple of items that we wanted to uh, to comment on. So, are you ready to head to the recap? Yeah, let's uh, let's jump over there. Let's jump over there. You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes, 
I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. My name's Rex. She'll call me Captain or Sir. I make the rules now. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Jedi scum. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Yahoo! Okay, here we go. We uh, will start with um, Lightsaber Lost. Deep in the Coruscant's steamy criminal slum district, G-17, Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano weave their way through the dregs and downtrodden, seeking out Kar Afa, a weakway war profiteer known to sell Republic weaponry to the Separatists. Anakin confidently strides into a bar while Ahsoka waits outside, and she is knocked over by a stream of panicky bystanders fleeing the establishment once Jedi business gets underway. Um, I, lo- I love that it's, you know, it's just another weak way. Yeah. <laughs> I re- really would like to see a weak way, like a legitimate weak way businessman, you know? Yeah. Like, that, that, that people really, they treat him like crap because he's a weak way. And so they assume that he's a jerk and, you know, that he's a pirate or something like that. And he's like, man, I just want to run my banana on a stick stand, <laughs> yeah. you know? With his parrot on his shoulder. No, it was a, uh, it was a salacious crumb type. Uh, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's so funny. They always they always go back to that weak way thing just because a couple of them hang out with Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost it's a it's a speciesist sort of sort of thing. Like they do this with a lot of Star Wars, where where the species has a certain culture, and they're all of that culture. But I like it when they get away from that, and when they do stuff that you don't expect, like they did with Zero, where yeah, of course he's still a crime boss. Right. But he was a very different character from Jabba, and I think that you know they got a lot of flack for it, but I appreciate it. I think that it's great to see, um, to see something different that's still familiar. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's same. It's the same thing with uh, with Cad Bane, because we had only seen just those couple of duros, and uh, and and I don't like they didn't seem like they were that bad guys. Yeah. They were just hanging out in the, the car, the cantina. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but then we see. You know this this total ba duro, and he's uh, yeah. part four, right? Yeah. Well, here's we got uh, we're getting into the uh, Coruscant underworld again here, much like Attack of the Clones, and uh, yeah. and it did look uh, a lot like it did in Attack of the Clones, and of course Anakin's uh, been here before. And yeah. uh, basic story here, you know, it's uh, looks like these uh, guys are selling arms to the to the separatists. And yeah. uh, Anakin is coming down to, to find him and uh, take him into custody. So the only thing I would like to have seen here is um, maybe Ahsoka go. I don't. This, this is just me here. Ahsoka go with him inside because she's supposed to be learning from Anakin. And I would have liked yeah. to have seen Anakin um, handle business basically in there, like much like we did with uh, Obi Wan in Attack of the Clones. We saw him in the bar and, and do his business in there. We saw Obi Wan in episode, uh, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, yeah. handle business. So yeah. I thought maybe we were going to see Anakin go in there and, and handle some business and do some serious Jedi action. But well, the way that stuff. everybody comes comes running out of there, you have to imagine somebody lost an arm. Yeah, and, you know, there's a perfect example right there. Come on, let's see somebody lose an arm. Here we go. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I, d- I think. Yeah. You know what? I will bet you anything that that was a conscious decision that they made not to go into the bar. Because if they went into the bar, they would have to show that. And if they showed that, 
they might not get away with putting it on Cartoon Network yeah, for kids. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's one of those things where for us, I think that we can just imagine yeah. that Anakin did walk in there, walked up right up to the guy and was like, hey, so uh, you're under arrest. And then as his bodyguards get up to shoot Anakin, he just chops off their arms. Yeah. And they're just like, he's like, you know, you could have just come quietly. <laughs> and, and everybody's running everybody out. Everybody runs, yeah. Because yeah. he just walks out nice and calm with this guy and is like, come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That's what I would like to see. But like you said, maybe that's uh, maybe a little too much. Um, but wow. Yeah, that would have been a big opportunity there. But hey, uh, that's cool, you know. we. It is, you know, on Cartoon Network, and it even, it's rated PG, but uh, I guess we can't do the PG-13, so we can't go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it looked good, you know, it, you know, it had the, the dark, misty, grimy-looking it, underwear. It, it's definitely come a long way from season one. Yeah. Where I think if we had seen this in season one, it would have literally been a whole bunch of Weequay yeah. and, uh, and, and maybe an Athorian uh, in Obi-Wan's outfit, you know, and, uh, and some other junk like that. That, uh, that we saw, like, because, I mean, you know, the worst thing that they did in that movie is Jabba's Palace. Yeah. But... Going there and showing that and not having it live up to Jabba's Palace from Return of the Jedi, the worst possible thing that I think they could have done. Yeah. And, uh, and you see, like you said, this underworld looks almost exactly the same as it did in Attack of the Clones. It's totally believable. It's totally full of different looking characters and and uh the, and as the I series guess. goes it can get more yeah and more uh full let's say yeah yeah so right. yeah uh, as ahsoka dusts herself off she sees that her lightsaber is missing she catches a fleeting glimpse of a yellow-skinned patrolian as he disappears into the general mayhem and bustle of the lower levels ahsoka is mortified her lightsaber has been stolen Anakin emerges from the bar with Karafa in custody, but Ahsoka does not reveal her loss to her master. And uh, for those who are wondering, Petrolian is uh, like um, uh, Robonino from uh, from Hostage, Hostage Crisis, yeah. Um, sort of that fishy-looking guy. Yeah. And uh, and we will we will hear more of him in the future. You know, uh, this is where uh, Ahsoka. I think this is where she says, uh, "My master is going to kill me." Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we heard that from Anakin in Attack of the Clones. So there's a lot of references to the, uh, the prequel trilogy yeah. in this, and we'll come up yeah. to some more later, but I wanted to mention that. Uh, back at the Jedi Temple, Ahsoka visits the Jedi Archives, searching through the city databases to find any clue to the thief's identity. The helpful Jocasta Nu directs Ahsoka toward his aged Jedi Master, Tara Sanubi, an expert on the Coruscant underworld. Ahsoka's confidence is hardly bolstered by the fact that Sanube is fast asleep at his library station. Ahsoka rouses Terra from his slumber, and he is eager to help the young Padawan. Based on Ahsoka's description and recounting of her encounter, uh, Terra Sanube narrows down the suspect to Banamu. Which is funny, Banamu, just reading it because he's, uh, he's a yellow fish guy, so it looks a little bit like Banana. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Banamu, uh, a petty thief with a hangout in the slum district. Terra volunteers to accompany Ahsoka to the underworld, since it has been years uh, since he has had an active assignment. So we get uh, another new Jedi here, and uh, this is kind of the equivalent of the old Jedi folks home or something. We got uh, <laughs> Terra Sanube, who is basically asleep 
uh, at the yeah. station there. And, uh, you know, it looks like he's one of the guys that uh, he just basically stays in the temple now. He's, he doesn't do anything yeah. else. Yeah, he's uh, just an archivist or something. Kind of like a little, little comedy effect going on there with the old guy. Yeah, well, you know what? This is very reminiscent of uh, when we first meet Yoda. Um, oh yeah. We don't yeah, know. We point. don't even know that he's a Jedi yet, but um, yeah, he's a great Jedi warrior. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but we we do know that Sunube is a war a Jedi warrior, and that at one point he was kind of the, you know, the ace detective on the on the Coruscant underworld. Right. Um, but now he's just this old guy. Yeah. And we find later that he's really not what he appears. He's not everything he appears to be. Exactly. Because he definitely appears to be this very mild-mannered sort of old, evil, slow yeah. old guy. And uh, and I think later on we find that it's not that he's slow. He's just deliberate. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the great thing is that he's a completely new species as far as I can tell. Um, I, I yeah. don't know. He doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't even look familiar to me from anything that I've seen in the uh, in in the concept art books or anything like that. I mean, I can't I can't place him if he is supposed to be. I oh no, he's supposed to be based off of one of the senator designs from episode one. Oh, okay, but um, but I don't know if it's one of the ones that made it into the into the art books. So yeah, because um, he looks very unique and interesting to me. Yeah, you know what? As real quick, uh, something I noticed. Probably for the first time in this this scene right here with uh, Ahsoka and uh, Sanube was the lip sync. Um, they really do a good job of capturing the the, uh, the lip sync issue as far as getting the words yeah. to to look like they would with with a human talking or something like that. So and that's something that I never noticed until now. I was, I was watching. I go, wow, that, she's actually her mouth is actually moving the way you would you would normally move when you're saying that particular phrase or whatever. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Just something that jumped out at me, but uh, uh, I'll continue here. Uh, Master Sanube and Ahsoka venture to a noodle shop run by a surly corner named Lauli Walu. Ahsoka asks for a lightsaber, and Walu and his Twi'lek associate, Jan Dez, claim they could get one for 20,000 credits. Ahsoka and Sanube reveal that they are Jedi, and the nervous fences point them to the nearby Spider Arms Hostel, site of Bonamu's bolt hole. Uh, mind tricking her way past the hostel's front desk, Ahsoka continues her search through the dilapidated corridors of the Spider Arms. Sunube advises that she calm down, for in her anxiety she is missing clues in the Force. Ahsoka centers herself and senses which room belongs to Bonamu. Actually, I have to say real quick, this is actually wrong. Um, it was Sanube who puts a mind trick on the front desk clerk, and he's actually it was, and he's yeah. actually the one that uh, finds the room. Uh, yeah, but as far well, as, no, they kind of do it together. Um, he he he's sort of teaching her. Okay, yeah, as he yeah. Goes. Um, and tells her to you know quiet her mind, and and you know her. She's so anxious that they can't sense. His anxiety. They can't sense Bonamu's anxiety. So, uh, if she would just calm down, the two of them would be able to determine that he's in, you know, this room right here. And they sort of bust through the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought but, that was good. Uh, this was like one of her many um, important lessons she learns 
Um, yeah. And this was kind of the first thing, like, hey, slow down. You know, you need to quiet, not your mouth, you need to quiet your mind. Yeah. To think about things and uh, meditate and, and all that kind of thing. So, like I said, this is kind of one of her first lessons she learns from Sanube. The sort of thing that Anakin is clearly not teaching her. And, yeah. and I yeah. think that as we see the series progress and we see Ahsoka progress and her character is definitely, um, it's difficult to see the progression when she's hanging out with Anakin and even, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan. But then when you put her up with these other Jedi masters who are like, you know what, you need to really calm down and yeah. not be so aggressive yeah. and, you know, just relax a little bit uh, and, and, you know, be more like a Jedi. Uh, you start to see that that Anakin's kind of leading her down a bad path. I mean, there were a lot of moments in this episode, uh, including one oh, yeah, where yeah. Sanube kind of has to yell out at her. Yeah, we'll say, hear that in a hey, sec, yeah. Quit it, yeah. yeah. That, that, um, I mean, I said, I said, I think right off, right from the get-go that I I feel Ahsoka's going to end up in a bad heading place. towards the dark side. Yeah. And uh, and these these are the sorts of things that that make me think that way. You know, they definitely work to my advantage. Oh yeah, <laughs> all, you, all you doubters who said that I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ahsoka barges into the dingy dingy room and corners Banamu, demanding to know where her lightsaber is. Banamu reveals he sold it to Knack Movers, a dangerous killer in the underworld. Ahsoka hopes. Ahsoka's hopes plummet. Her weapon may turn into a murder weapon due to her negligence. Well, well. Banamu, I assume. Who are you? Uh, why do you want I? My lightsaber, you slimy thief. I want it back. Now! Ay, 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 ay. I no have it. I swear I got rid of it. Yeah. I almost killed myself with that thing. Ah. What did you do with it? No, 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 no. I, I don't recall. You little... Ahsoka! It's not smart to steal from a Jedi. Uh, you're looking a little too young to be a Jedi. Ah, yeah, 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 too young. Ah, yeah. Come on. Ah. Okay, okay, okay. His name is Movers, yes. Ah, neck Movers. Knack movers. So, wow, yeah, this was actually a really good scene. Um, I love this scene right here. Uh, just like you said, Mike, um, Soka's going down that path right here. She's kind of tapping in a little bit here, just like Anakin. I mean, you get uh, Sanubi going, Ahsoka, what are you doing, you know? She's getting ready to pound this dude. And then... Uh, he makes a comment, uh, the Bonamu makes a comment about, uh, hey, you know, you don't look like no Jedi. She puts him in a, not actually a force choke, but she actually just lifts him up and throws him against the wall. And, uh, you know, just like, almost just like Anakin did with uh, with uh, Poggle. So definite, uh, you can tell that Anakin and, and uh, Ahsoka, kind of like on the same little path here, you can tell that that's his... Uh, her Padawan, or his Padawan. Um, yeah. So cool, yeah. cool scene uh, right there. I like that. Yeah. One note uh, about about the voice acting. Uh, Banamu was actually played by James Arnold Taylor. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Who we know plays Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, which that just shows you how great of a voice actor he is that he can. He's unbelievable. Yeah. 
that character to uh, from Obi Wan to 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 Banu, who is definitely very different sounding character and has a very unique voice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, Ahsoka rushes to a condo complex where Nack Movers resides. She is shocked to find the entrance to Nack's condo sliced open and Nack dead inside. Cowering in the shadows is a slight female alien named Ioni Marcy. She asks if the men who killed Nack are gone, claiming that she found the grisly sight when she came home. Tara Sanube senses her terror, but is limbed by something else. Ahsoka investigates the bedroom, where she is suddenly sucker-punched by the lithe female alien Cassie Cryer, a Trillian Django jumper. Cassie wields Ahsoka's lightsaber, but she is unable to activate it. Cassie leaps through the bedroom window, landing on an adjacent rooftop, and Ahsoka gives chase, radioing her status to Sanube. The chase runs across rooftops and hovering holographic billboards. So here we go. We get introduced to two new characters. Um, looks like they're not going to be anything that's going to last for more than this episode, but um, almost clown, kind of a scary clown, you know what I mean, with these two characters, the way they were painted and the yeah. way their faces were. Um, and, of course, the voices were done by uh, one of the voices. I think Cassie Cryer was done. We're talking about voices. Uh, Jamie King, who does uh, R.S. Singh. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we get a little action going on here with Ahsoka and uh, Cassie Cryer going through the uh, over the rooftops. Kind of a classic uh, action uh, scene you would see in a, in, in a lot of cop movies and movies like that where they're, they're going across the rooftops. But uh, this is Jedi style, if you will. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's very, very cool scene. And uh, Cassie Cryer's uh, design is uh, is actually very reminiscent of some of the Sith witch art design that they had done oh, yeah. for episodes. That's right. That's right. Before they had kind of settled on the on the Darth Maul look of the tattoos, uh, um, it's very interesting to see that show up as as what ends up being a mostly innocuous character. I mean. Yeah, sure, she's a thief, but um, not really that foreboding, like for formidable, right. I guess. You know, or like really, just kind of a of an annoyance more than anything. Uh, but yeah, we'll kind of get into that as we get further into. Yeah, this is kind of. Uh, I don't know if you noticed the the musical cues from Attack of the Clones when uh, Obi Wan jumps out the window. I thought I heard mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a cue there. Of that uh, particular uh, music used in Attack of the Clones here in this section here, where Ahsoka jumps out and is sliding down, um, you probably have to watch it again and listen. But uh, it's you know I kind of kind of felt a little cue there. I heard a little cue there. So um, let's see what we got here. Sanube is surprised by Ahsoka's report that her quarry is female, as it does not match Ion's story. He continues to question an increasingly uncomfortable Ioni. Sanubi contacts the authorities, and when the police droids arrive, Terra accuses Ioni of being an accomplice in Nack's murder. Ioni bolts, jumping to a waiting airspeeder before the droids can apprehend her. Marcy speeds into the Coruscant skylines and intercepts the fleeing Cassie Cryer. They are indeed partners in crime, and they speed away, leaving Ahsoka stranded high over the cityscape. Cryer still has Ahsoka's lightsaber. 
you weren't afraid because you were in danger. You were afraid we would find your friend hiding in the other room. You're in league with the bounty hunter! Arrest her! Off she goes, always rushing. Cassie, the Jedi know I'm involved. I had to run. Just get over to J Street and pick me up. So the old wise and Jedi Master actually figured it out. He actually figured it out um, before this. He, they kind of sensed something's yeah. going on with this with the girl that was left behind, Ioni, and uh, kind of figures out that something's funny about her. And he actually puts a tracking device on her back before she leaves. Um, so the old Jedi's actually still got some tricks up his sleeve. But uh, um, you know, I can't figure out what the uh, Cassie and Ioni were they there just to steal the lightsaber? I mean, was there more to it that I'm missing, or was that basically all it was? What was yeah. going on? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I think that they were there just to steal from this yeah. guy, and then happened to find a lightsaber, or. Well, I don't think it's that they happen to find like there happens to be a lightsaber yeah. there, and uh, and I think that that Cassie you know decides that she's going to take it, but um, I think that they just weren't anticipating Jedi showing up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it, it was kind of one of those things where they are they're in the middle of their crime, and uh, and the worst possible thing happens, yeah. and that's that two Jedi walk through the door, yeah. Yeah. and they had to uh, kind of had to improvise. Yeah, I didn't know if I was missing something or uh, if it was just just a simple uh, snatch and grab type of story, but uh, kind of that makes sense a little bit there. Um, let's see, Tara Snube, uh pilots a borrowed speeder bike and picks up Ahsoka from her dangling predicament. He soars along at a leisurely pace through the sky lanes toward a nearby train station. Tara isn't rushed, for he knows where Ioni is heading. He has affixed a tracking device on her. Now, um, I got kind of got the sense that uh, when Snoopy says uh, he borrowed a speeder from one of the police, I, I'm thinking that he probably used another Jedi mind trick on him. I don't know what you thought about that. But it was a droid. Oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> they they are droids. droids. They were droids. I guess he just... <laughs> no, I think, I think that he just grabbed it going, oh, yeah, yeah, I just borrowed it from them. I mean, I'm, I'm a Jedi. I can do oh, okay. something like that. Okay. Yeah, like, hey, cops, let me have it, you know. Yeah, Jedi, let me have your yeah. your thing. Okay. I forgot it was a droid. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish that, that it, the speeder bike had a uh, had a blinker on it so that we could <laughs> yeah. see him going That's super true, slow huh? with just the blinker yeah. going. And him that would be hilarious. His left blinker still going. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, some more good. comedy effect here with the old guys, like, you know, just like a – it's just like it is over anywhere else, you know, driving slow, you know, yeah. or, or maybe he's sitting too low and he's got the handlebars up above his head. I don't know, you know, something like that, but, uh, a little comedy effect in there. I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Um, no, that's, that's his thing, you know, he's, he's, he thinks, uh, instead of rushing into things and he's got it all handled. He's got the tracking device on there. So he knows where they're yeah. going. Yeah. So at the station, as the fugitives try to lose themselves in the crowd, Cassie spots the beacon on Ioni's shoulder. 
She smashes it, but the Jedi have already arrived. Police droids surround Ione, but Cassie runs. The departing train doors are shut, so Cassie leaps atop the train as it speeds away, and Ahsoka gives chase. The speeder train twists its way along its rail path amid the Coruscant sky towers, and Ahsoka and Cassie continue their chase inside the passenger cars. Cassie grabs a twilight mother and child and holds them as a hostage. Ahsoka offers her offers to exchange herself for the prisoners, but Cassie won't comply. The train stops at its next station, and Cassie pushes the hostages aside as she tries to escape. Tara Sanube, though, has beat them there. He pulls his lightsaber from within his walking stick and disarms Cassie, knocking her unconscious. Coolest oh, yeah. lightsaber I've seen in <laughs> this a is long awesome. time. Like, yeah. Because you know what? I didn't even think about it. I didn't, I didn't even expect it. Oh. I didn't look to see if he had a lightsaber. I just assumed it was on his belt if yeah, he had no. and, uh, and And the, the door opens, and there he is, and he just pulls this lightsaber out from his staff and uh from his cane and and in like three moves has her outmatched just like very and not very flowery not sort of flipping around uh very simple quick movements that you are not expecting to come from this guy that uh that very quickly disarm her and and uh and non-lethally you know like he could have very easily obviously because she's not a jedi he could have very easily just killed her yeah right but instead he just he just very quickly disarms her and goes you know what it's over yeah. give it up uh and and i just i it was very cool i i really enjoyed that that was probably for me the best part of the oh yeah I, I watched that um the first time and i've watched the episode a few more times and it's probably the my favorite part of the episode is that and it's it kind of comes out of nowhere um uh, the scene yeah. starts out where uh uh, Cassie takes some some hostages, and Ahsoka's talking to her and saying, "Hey, you know, how about taking me? You know, the Jedi are going to come and come after me, uh, much like they always do. You know, once one of their own is is in peril, they all come to their aid." But uh, Cassie's like, "No, you're just going to use a mind trick on me. I ain't going to go for that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep these hostages." And then here comes Nube, bam! And, and like you said, it was so cool because you didn't see it coming. Here's the cane, and it was actually almost like a white blade did you notice that i didn't really notice that I just yeah it, it had like a small it almost it reminded me of the star wars the original when luke pulls it out for the first time in the uh, falcon and it's almost like a that, like it's a barrier, yeah tint. it's a really slight blue tint and and just a couple moves you know it actually kind of fit him very well it was just at one-handed you know one-handed bam yeah. bam bam and hits her with the other side of the cane and what i love about this is it's like he just didn't put it away he has this kind of like this little flourish it's kind of subtle but he kind of just brought it in and like yeah. mm, it, it uh, turns off and then he kind of puts it back in his cane and, you know kind of like yoda would you know he's got that old that old school way about him you know just eh, kind of right reminded, yeah. reminded me of yoda does does his business yeah. takes care of business and back to what he was doing you know so really cool scene yeah. i love that scene uh, I watched it a few times, kind of rewind it. You know, even my son's like, "Oh, that was cool, Dad." You know, like, look at the lightsaber, the old guy. You know, so he even liked it as well. Good, good job though by the uh, the team on that and how they played that out. So. 
Yeah, they're definitely keeping stuff fresh, which is yeah, nice to definitely, see. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Following Sanube's advice, Ahsoka passes on what she has learned. She visits a lightsaber training class in the Jedi Temple, where Yoda instructs a group of younglings. There, Ahsoka offers her lesson of never losing track of her lightsaber. Well, I best be getting back to my master before he misses me. Certainly. But first, I need one last favor from you. Sure. Name it. Pass on what you have learned. Hello, old friend. Greetings, Master Sanube. Padawan Tano, a lesson you have for us today, hmm? Yes. A lesson in patience. Gather round, younglings. Listen to the Padawan, you shall. This weapon is your life, but it is also your responsibility. Don't let it out of your sight. So, uh, again, Sanube has a, a nice little lesson for her. And, uh, you know, we get to see him interact with Yoda, which is kind of neat. You know, it's like two old friends coming mm -hmm. together, you know. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, the end there, you know, basically he's telling her the classic line that we've heard a few times, pass on what you have learned. And, and that's kind of one of the themes of, of the Jedi and, and their training is always passing things down. Um, generation yeah. and student to student and and uh here's Sanube telling her you learned a valuable lesson here and uh you know Anakin learned that a while back from uh from Obi-Wan you know this this weapon is your life you know this is what you got this is it right here um and she has to kind of give that same lesson to the Padawans uh, uh what she just learned from uh Sanube so that's a little ending there yeah. but but she expands on it because I think Anakin's only real message would have been you know this lightsaber is weapon is your life uh if you get caught without it you'll be yeah. in big trouble you know yeah. like it'll it won't end well for you um whereas ahsoka had learned that it's not just about you know if i lose my lightsaber i'm in trouble but if somebody else gets my lightsaber I am now responsible for any damage that's caused because right. of it. You know, if any, if someone dies because of my lightsaber because I was careless or whatever, you know, like it's it's partially her responsibility. So, so she, uh, I think she learns a little bit more, and uh, and I don't know. Like this is why it could go either way yeah, with her character yeah. because although Anakin is leading her down one path. It seems like there's all these other Jedi around to sort of pick yeah, up the slack, yeah. you know, and make sure that that the best. And and I think that that the difference between Anakin and Ahsoka is that Ahsoka is not the chosen one. So these other Jedi have no problem walking up to her and saying, "Hey, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Right. Here's the lesson," and then yeah. go on their way. But with Anakin, I think it's a it's a thing of. Um, He's dangerous. He's reckless. So let's let's chastise and punish him more so than teach him lessons. And uh, and you get that attitude from him that all he ever hears from Yoda or Mace or Obi Wan is, 
you shouldn't do this or you can't do that. And I mean, definitely the way that we see Mace interact with oh, yeah, Anakin definitely. in the movies. Um, what he says to you, you know, uh, Skywalker, take a yeah. seat or yeah. take your seat. You know, he just kind of puts him in his place and says, look, yeah. sit down. You're on the council, but you're ever not a master. Ever since he was a young, Deal ever since it. episode one. Yeah, when he gave, yeah. when he gave, uh, yeah. Anakin gave that look to, uh, was it Mace? Or was it Yoda? Well, yeah, it was Mace. Kind of gave that kind of sneer look at him when he said something about, God, was that Yoda or Mace? In episode one. I don't remember. It's been so long <laughs> since I've watched it. Yeah, but one. I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, it just feels like everybody either stays away from him or yeah. treats him like he's dangerous, like right. a weapon, right? And I think that that's, um, I I think what you start to see when you get really, when you really start to get into the whole Jedi ethos and the way that they do things is that they are, they're so insular that, that they are also to, as much to blame for what happens at the end of Revenge of the Sith as right. Sidious is because Sidious just does what he knows, like plans what he knows the Jedi are going to do. Because he knows that they're arrogant and that they're self-assured and that they're just going to... They're going to think that they can walk in and arrest him. But it's just going to be part of his plan. You know, and you can see that in this episode, actually. If you listen to the commentary, Dave Filoni yes. talks about it. That, that Chancellor Palpatine is making an address on that big screen saying... There are rumors that the Jedi have, you know, manipulated this war and that, that they wanted to continue for their own means and and uh, something like that, that that really makes Episode 3 yes. work a little bit better because then you're like, well, this is how people could believe this. And, you know, here he makes himself out to be their ally saying... No, 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 it's not true at all. Those rumors aren't true. But at the same time, yeah. what's he doing? He's disseminating the rumor, the rumor, right? He's putting that idea in everybody's yeah. head rather than just kind of letting the people who are making the rumor talk amongst themselves. He's bringing it out so that everybody can hear it. And more than likely, he's the one who started the rumor yeah. in the first place. Well, that was a nice touch they put on that, that uh, Dave Filoni did. And I had not, I could not make that out. I've watched the show three times now and, and I cannot make out what Palpatine's saying until yeah, no, there's too much, too much there's too yeah. much background. But that was cool yeah. what the what Filoni's put in, even subtle stuff like that. You're yeah. like, wow, that was that was pretty neat. So, um, and of course, you know, Ahsoka's only I don't know what she is, fourteen something like that. She's basically a teenager, um, so she's getting yeah. pulled in a couple of different directions here. You know, Anakin's got her going on one path, and then like you said, she gets she gets little help from different people or different Jedi. Uh, to tell her, hey, slow down and and think things through and meditate and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's up in the air what which way she's going to go, and that's that's kind of neat. You know, a little surprise for us coming. Uh, but overall, you know, it's like we talked about. I think um, maybe last week, or uh, you know, this was going to be one of those filler episodes and uh, kind of get us getting yeah. us to the next stage of uh, the Clone Wars. And it wasn't bad, you know, it wasn't my, one of my favorites, but this was one of those ones that kind of grew on me as uh, as I watched it the second and the third time, um, especially some of the scenes with Sanube. Um, it kind of grew on me uh, at the very end there, and I kind of like that character, kind of like the old 
kind of root for the old guy, you know, the old Gramps still uh, still doing his thing in the Jedi Temple. So, uh, what did you think about uh, the uh, episode overall? Just it's okay. Um, you know, I, I I put it in the lower end of episodes that I yeah, yeah. watch. Um, you know, with uh, with stuff like the Gungan general yeah. and uh, um, oh, I really hate the Shadow Moon or the Blue, Blue Shadow uh, Virus. Shadow and then the yeah, and then the second part of that, the mystery of a thousand uh-huh. moons or whatever, I do not like that two parter. I don't like any of the episodes with bad Mary. Really. Yeah, um, I really think that when she shows up, she really slows down the story, mm. and uh, and they need to do something about that. And the next time they bring her in, but I think that we're going to see less and less of her as the series yeah. goes on. Um, especially you know we've got these other Jedi kicking around, and every time they add a new one, it means that they can have them come back. And it's like, you know, they add Luminar and Dully, and then all of a sudden she's in, like, every third episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, whenever they're on the bridge of a Star Destroyer, having a communication, there's Kit Fisto and Luminar and Dully and Mace Windu and and, uh, and Plo Koon. And now that we've got Kiati uh, Mundi, he's been in several episodes. You know, so as we keep adding these interesting characters... It's like Padme kind of falls right. to the wayside. And that's because I don't think that we need her. Um, Princess Leia definitely has to have an appearance, uh, like a, a very a very forefront uh, appearance and place in, in the classic trilogy because there just aren't any other yeah. females. Uh, there's there's her, and then later on when you get into the expanded universe, you get Mary Jade and, and uh, Jaina Solo eventually. But really, still, not a lot of female characters. Um but in the in the prequels, I mean, yeah. So there weren't a lot that were integral to the story in the movies, but there were a lot of them yeah. kicking around. There was there was a there's a good you know half a dozen female Jedi that can show up at any time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I don't know about Padme. I so think I, uh, I think we talked about it on the boards or maybe on Facebook about you know um, in episode three they talk about how. It's been so long since they've seen each other. So, um, yeah. how does that play into the Clone Wars? We'll see uh, whether they have her in the third and fourth season. Um, remains to be seen, but that, that could be a possibility that we see less and less of her. Uh, see. Yeah. Um, well, I guess with that, uh, should we uh, see what uh, people have uh, in the mailbag for us? Huh. All right. Let's yeah, go over there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, head flight, weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? So you got an email for us, Mike? I do. Uh, Kim writes, and I, I, I apologize, Kim. Uh, I don't know if you are a guy or a girl because Kim, uh, maybe this is just my perspective living in Vancouver, Kim can be a woman's name. It can also be a, a man's name here. Hmm. Uh, I've, I've actually, I know a couple of really guys that are named Kim. Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of a, an huh. Asian thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I apologize for that. But I'm reading your email, so uh, you should be <laughs> happy about that. You, you, can, you know what? Email me and let me know uh, for the next time that, uh, that we read your email on air. But anyways, I... They say, hey, Michael, have you been able to find any of the Star Wars shoes in Vancouver? 
I wanted to check out the X-Wings myself, but haven't been able to find any. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Uh, thanks, Kim. P.S. Keep up with the great shows. So thank you very much for saying that the shows are great. After an episode like today, oh, man, you know, I am. there's just not a lot <laughs> to talk about when it comes to this, this yeah, latest yeah, episode. Still, I mean, yeah. I, you know, yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, next week we will be on. We'll be on, like, Donkey Kong because it's going to yeah. have Mandalorians in it. Yeah. So, you know, and it's got Obi-Wan and Anakin and, you know, it's Sorry, just, it's going to be a big story arc. It's it's terrible because we say, oh, I really wish that they would do stories with some of the other characters. You know, they always do Obi Wan and Anakin. Then they get back to Obi Wan and Anakin, and they're always yeah. the best episodes. And it's like Obi Wan's yeah. there; it's awesome. That's yeah. all it takes for me. But um, but yeah, I appreciate saying that they're all great shows, and not saying keep up with the great shows, but stop <laughs> doing the sort yeah. of mediocre ones. Yeah. Um, to to I just wanted to read this email because I wanted to kind of let everybody else know what the situation is with with the Adidas original shoes. Um, you are not going to be able no. to walk into like a, a Champs Foot Locker, or no. Foot Locker or, or I don't know, what sort of sport check is something we've got. I don't know what yeah, you Yeah, we have, have like sports chalets uh, and the sports authorities and the, they're all the same, the Champs. Yeah. They're all pretty much the same. Yeah, you're not going to be able to walk no. into these places and get these shoes. The only place that they're going to sell them in a retail setting is going to be uh, the Adidas original stores. Now, uh, for Canada, that's really terrible because there's only three, one of which is in Vancouver. And it's under renovation oh. right now. So uh, I have been downtown, which it's in downtown Vancouver, and I live out in Burnaby, which is about 45 minutes away. Um, and I've been downtown Vancouver a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, and they are, they've got a big Star Wars display in the front window with some of the, the hoodies and shirts and stuff, but none of the shoes. Uh, but all of like the rest of their windows are all blacked out. Like they're all, they've got paper up over them cause they're, cause they're renovating. So, um, they should hopefully open up this week at some point. But if you are in the Vancouver area or you are planning on heading out this way to pick up shoes at the Adidas original store on Granville, you call first <laughs> and make sure that, uh, that they are open then that, that they're back open for business. And I, I, maybe I'll report back and let you guys know for those who, I don't even know if anybody's even in this area, but, um, uh, even, even if you're in Seattle, I do know that there's a couple of people down in Washington and Tacoma, Spokane, Seattle, that area. Um, and we are the nearest, uh, Adidas originals for them as well. Because the next closest one to the Vancouver store is Bay Area, which is yeah, uh, where definitely. you are. You know, there's none so, around my uh, area, but I'm assuming, yeah, the Bay Area, San Francisco, there's probably something over there. Uh, you're probably going to have to go. Like for me, I, it'd probably just be easier to go online. Yeah, I think that that's the yeah. easiest way to do it, which is terrible because um, I would never buy no, shoes tough, online. Yeah. Like I haven't bought mine yet because – because I'm very, very, very particular about the way that my shoes fit. So I'm going to have to try them on. Yeah, that's the problem, um, yeah. Yeah, which is very difficult. But uh, they also have a good uh, exchange policy with their own. Yeah, if you know you're, so, if you're an Adidas uh, wearer, and you, like for me, I wear a lot of Nikes, yeah. and I know exactly what my shoe size and that. And you could probably yeah. get away with that because certain shoe manufacturers kind of have their own 
sizing, you know, like size for me, it could be different from a, a Nike to a, a Converse or something like that. But I guess if you knew your yeah. size and Adidas and you, you know, you could do that. But like you said, it's trying them on is that's the only problem is you, you might have to send them back. And that's, that kind of stinks, you know? Yeah. My suggestion would be to head out to your local shoe store that has a, a large Adidas supply, try on five or six different styles yeah, of Adidas right. shoe and see, um, try and find the shoe that best matches the one that you want to buy. And, uh, like, uh, the, um, the Skywalkers, the ones that I, that I'm sort of the most intense about are, they're like, uh, they're like the campus or something like that, but they're yeah, like right. high top, like the campus high top. So if you try on their, the regular version of the shoe, that's not the Star Wars one, the Star Wars one should probably fit as well. Um, and it should be a, a similar, but I don't know for sure, you know, because I haven't managed to get my hands on a pair yet. Uh, but if I do find them, I will let yeah. people know, and uh, and we'll, we'll get back to you guys on that. Because I, as soon as that store opens up, I'm going down. I'm picking up my my uh, Skywalkers, and uh, and I don't know. I I was gonna get the ATAT ones, but they're also high tops, and I don't know if I'm a fan of the high top yet it's because i've never owned a pair of high tops what? um so i might i might get a pair of uh of the the x-wings as well because they're kind of similar look i don't know though we'll see i gotta yeah. try them on but yeah are you are you, are you surprised that i've <laughs> kind of, of high yeah tops? a little bit but uh <laughs> yeah no everything's just been like i've always worn like sneakers yeah. like ankle well i'm looking at the uh ankle. uh I guess the Stormtrooper ones. I was kind of leaning. I, I'm leaning towards those as my first pair, probably, um, just because they're just more of a more of a plain thing, just white, and it's got the, the cool little face on the back of the shoe. So I'm gonna keep my eyes open. Uh, for me, it's probably gonna have to be uh, an online order, though. Um, I don't. There's really nothing around my area uh, unless I make a trip to Frisco. Yeah. But I, you know, I am going to Frisco for uh, WonderCon in April, but I don't know if I can wait that long. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't know how long these shoes are really going to be around. Um, it doesn't say. It just says that they're here in yeah, 2010. Yeah. Um, you can still buy from the online store the, the Star Wars stuff that came out in 2009. So I would have to imagine that they're going to be around for a while, but... It's not worth the risk yeah. for me. <laughs> I gotta get these <laughs> yeah. shoes. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, um, before we get to the forum post of the week, uh, we since we're on the mailbag, we just wanted to mention that um, keep sending in the mail, guys and, and gals. We'd love to hear from you. And you know, we we only basically do one email just because of the length of the shows is usually fairly long, and we can only usually get to one mailbag because we do discuss a lot. Uh, we take we take. Each mailbag that we do on the show, it's uh, usually a question or something to do with Star Wars, and we like to discuss it. The same with the forum post of the week. So if we haven't got to yours, it's yeah. not that we don't like you or we don't like what you're saying. It's just um, it's just kind of a random thing. We pick one, and, and we go from there. So don't do, get discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we tend to pick them if they've either got something to do with a recent right. news right. story or if they've got something to do with a recent episode. Yeah. So, um, 
that that tends to be the way that we pick them. So uh, here's the thing: if you're sending questions like, uh, "What's your favorite Star Wars vehicle?" Probably not going to get read on the air as a mailbag. Might get read as the forum post of the week because if it's a forum post, that means that there's a lot of discussion going on, which means that we can yeah. kind of get into that. As an email, not really. We're looking more for uh, your your commentary yeah. on the show, um, whether it be Clone Wars or Frontlines, um, or important questions about about some other stuff, like uh, like for instance yeah. with these shoes, because because uh, obviously Kim realized that. I am hardcore about these shoes and I'm going to do anything I can to get <laughs> yeah. them. And that I am the guy that has you. Um, but here's the thing with that, with a lot of other stuff, we don't have any more information than you guys do. So, um, I mean, I get a lot of questions asking, you know, when, when are the, the clone wins, when's such and such coming out on DVD or Blu-ray? Uh, when is this going to be released? When is like like when's the Force Unleashed gonna be two gonna be released? And it's like, well, nobody knows that. I don't even think that the guys who are making yeah. it know it yet. So we don't know. Uh, we have no affiliation with Lucasfilm. We have no affiliation with Lucas Arts. No affiliation with really anybody yeah. but each other. Uh, <laughs> and Geek yeah. Out Loud. That's it. That that is the only affiliation that I've got. Um, so. Just kind of when you're when you're writing your emails and you're sending that stuff in, keep that in mind. Uh, we can make our best guesses and we can discuss stuff like that, but I don't have any more information than uh, than any of the people listening. In fact, there are other people listening who know more about what's going down than I do. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, keep just something to keep in mind for when you're writing emails. Uh, the other thing is that keep on writing in emails, and even if it doesn't get read on the air, that's okay because you will get entered into the uh, the contest uh, for for a prize at the end of every month. Um, now I, we're not really prepared to do no. it today, uh, so we'll probably do it on the next episode. But uh, but that is that is going to be happening every month. We're going to do one giveaway. So I. Uh, I got a question about prizes earlier in the month uh, after we kind of made that announcement yeah. that we were going to do that, and uh, and I'll, I'll announce the prize. I'll announce the prize right now. Which uh, the prize for the next giveaway is going to be um, a while ago. Those who were paying attention to uh, Celebration Japan might have seen these. I uh, a company called well actually. It, fairly big company for Star Wars fans, uh, yeah. Kotobukiya, or yeah. Kotobukiya, sorry, um, did a series of sort of these little, they call them one coin figures, uh, and they're, they're little Indiana Jones guys. Um, I had a, a, a friend from Japan actually send me an entire case, and uh, like a, an entire box of them, so I have the whole set, but the set came with two extra. Those extras being uh, Henry Jones Sr. and Henry hey. Jones Jr. For those of you who know Henry Jones Jr. Hey, is Indiana hey. Jones. So um, I have these two extra figures. I've actually been holding on to them for quite a while and planning to do this. I've had them since the summer. Um, and, uh, and, and one lucky person is going to get these. 
the boxes are opened, unfortunately, because I had to open all the boxes because they're blind boxed uh, in order to, to get my full set. But uh, but they are still, I think they're still in their plastic packaging. So um, they're not the kind of thing that you would want to keep in the in the box anyways. You want to pull them out and put them on display. So uh, if you... If uh, you know this will give people an opportunity that if they haven't written in an email yet that they can write in an email um, don't forget on all of your emails because nobody's been doing this but on all of your emails please put your your uh, yeah. your address sure you your mailing address that we can yeah. mail it to. Um, we all still we're not going to disqualify people for not having that yet because because uh, that doesn't seem fair but in the future if you guys even if you're just writing in a regular email um, if you want to be entered into the draw, that's going to be a requirement because otherwise we kind of got to email you back and chase you down and that sort of thing. Um, but saying that, like I said before, just emailing in your address will not get you entered into the contest. You have to email us in with questions or comments. Uh, it's not just, uh, you know, put your name in the hat sort of thing. We want to reward people who are actively uh, involved right. with with the uh, with the shows. So um, those are the people that we want to give prizes to. Uh, the people who are who are listening and uh, who are here every week to listen to us. Um, yeah. So uh, so with that, I you know send in your emails. I will give you until. Uh, oh man, my new calendar is terrible. It's got this great, awesome illustration on it, but I cannot see the weeks. I can't see the days. Uh, we'll give you to the thirty-first to get them in yeah. until the end of the month, and then uh, and then we'll do it on the next show. So because the next show is actually we'll be recording it on the first of February. So yeah. um, have your emails in by the thirty-first. They might get read right on the air on on February first. And uh, they will definitely get entered into the draw for the prizes. Um, yeah, so uh, so look forward to that. Now let's uh, let's get this into is the forum, forum Facebook post of the week, and uh, we actually took this from Facebook. And this is from Gregory Stedman, and we got some good chatter on this. And uh, his post was: I have one problem with Clone Wars. The Clone Wars seem like they can think for themselves, right? The clones seem they can think for themselves. Uh, two of them even deserted. So my question is, why, when Order 66 is issued, do the clones all just go, oh, these Jedi are bad, even though I've fought them for like 10 years, so I'm just going to shoot them down. Any theories? So we've talked about this. There's been some chatter, and, and it's not actually been 10 years. It's been, what, about three years? Um, it's been three years that the, that the clone yeah. wars go. And, you know, this is kind of goes into last week's episode about uh, the clones uh, deserting and one deserted over yeah. pretty much uh, money. Um, this one here was cut, and he deserted because of how he felt about the war and how he didn't think it was worth it yeah. and what are they doing here and, and those kind of reasons. So uh, and then we also talked about how maybe uh, Republic commandos and, and, and commanders and maybe even captains uh, have more of a free will than maybe the yeah. basic clones do. And this is going to open up a whole bunch of possibilities regarding this show and what they can do with characters like Captain Rex. You know, they can go, I've talked about this before, they can go either way with him. You know, have him with Anakin in episode three. 
or maybe not. Maybe have him side with the with the Jedi, and maybe he gets killed by other clones. Who knows? I mean, like I said, this opens up a lot of stuff, um, and I think it's, it's it opens up for the good uh, that we get to see uh, possibly some changes down the line uh, with the series and uh, with the movies as well. So who knows? Uh, but do you have some? Do you have any other theories about uh, about this? Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest and say, I don't think that George Lucas was yeah. thinking about it. No, no, when no. He wrote no. it in the story. Not in the original um, movies, right? Is that what you talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that as we all know, uh, he just kind of does his thing and then expects everybody else to work around him. And as you guys know, I am not a fan of that mentality. Uh, and I've made that very clear several times. Uh, although I do respect all of the things that George Lucas has done, I'd appreciate it if he just, you know, show a little bit more respect to the other artists that he employs. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a part of us geeks that has to justify it. And uh, definitely the person who's done the best justification, if you really want to get into it, is Karen oh, yeah. Travis uh, in, in all of her novels. Uh, the most recent being uh, uh, Imperial Commandos 501st, or I think that's the title. Um, and that has to do with the fact that some of the clone commandos from her previous books uh, decide to uh, go go to Mandalore with, uh, with Cal Scarada, and others decide to go uh, stick with the Empire and end up as members of First, Vader's yeah. 501st elite, right? So, um, I really think I really think it's not as complicated as a lot of people want to make it out to be. Uh, it is as simple as the fact that these guys are soldiers, like any other kind of soldier. Some of them are going to think independently, and most, but most of them are just going to do what they're told. They're just going to follow orders, and. Uh, and obviously, like with this episode, it, we're adding more dimension to this all the time, saying that there was already sort of this thing about, you know, maybe the Jedi are just looking out for themselves. Um, Order 66 isn't uh, we win, kill all the Jedi so that there aren't any to come after us. It's, I think it's explained in, in one of the novels or something like that, or, or in some sort of EU, or I think we may have even discussed on the show already that, uh, that the Jedi know about order 66 and that it's in there and that order 66 is specifically in the event that the Jedi attempt to overthrow the Republic that, you know, the, the clone troopers are authorized to use any force necessary to stop them. Um, and, and that the Jedi don't have a problem with Order 66 being in that protocol because, obviously, if they were going to try and overthrow the Republic, you know, from an idealistic standpoint, they don't want that to happen. Um, and uh, and I would think that the Jedi would look at it like, huh, so we're, we're, we're good now, but what happens if a Sith does, or not a Sith, but someone turns? What happens if someone goes to the dark side, one of the council members, and, you know, recruits other people, and then what if something goes wrong, you know, something like that right. needs to be in place. And from an idealistic point of view, you need to have that. Right. Um, I think that the problem falls in the fact that it's the chancellor who gets yeah. to make that call. 
Uh, yeah. um, and it shouldn't have been the Chancellor, you know. It, it, not to say it shouldn't be the Chancellor. It shouldn't be Palpatine <laughs> who gets to make yeah. that call. Because Palpatine obviously takes advantage of yeah. it. Um, so I think that's what the issue is with Order 66. It's not like they're brainwashed to do it. It's not like they're mindless and just doing it to do it, you know, just because, like, oh, well, we got the Order. It's like, no, Order 66 means that the Jedi are attempting to overthrow the Republic, so stop them before they can overthrow yeah. the Republic, you know, only to find out that, guess what, the Republic has been turned into an empire and it's not the yeah. Republic anymore. But, yeah, so that's, uh, that's yeah, how I, I think, feel I think you're it. right, though, the... Uh... On the theory that you know, just on the movies itself, it, it it can work. You know, I can understand how Order sixty six, um, they're programmed or whatever, however you want to call it. And but yeah. but but shows like the Clone Wars and this last show, like the Deserter, is where it makes you think a second, or makes me think a second. Like, okay, now they're infusing all this other things. Like, yes, the clones can. Some of them have free will and can think for themselves, sort of, and. And question things a little bit, and it's hard for me to see this now, especially through all these Clone Wars, where the clones are going to be fighting along. Look at Rex; he's fighting along with Anakin in all these different battles, and they're they're a, a great team. And and Cody and, and Obi Wan. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that one order would make him turn on on their own. Guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's difficult. It's very difficult to to reconcile. I think that the Cody Obi Wan relationship yeah, is the most yeah. difficult. Um, because you see how right. tight they are, and you know, even even just within the movie, even not even Clone counting Wars, yeah. Clone Wars or anything, um, you know, when he hands him his lightsaber back, there's a you can see that there's a camaraderie there, and that they've been working together yeah. for a long time. Um, but then you get this, you know, it's Order sixty six, kill yeah. the Jedi, and what does he do? He goes fire well, on the Jedi, that. you know just follows rules but that's because he's a good soldier maybe you know like that's something that 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 i think yeah. we're exploring with these characters right. as we go through so it's the sort of thing where you can see where rex although right now we consider him a good guy uh you know it's that truth from a certain yes. point of view perspective and i think that's where obi-wan gets that from is that you know we're all on right. the same side as long as we're all on the same <laughs> side yeah. right and then the second they they things change, according to the clone troopers, they're still doing the right thing. Right. You know, uh, you you get some of them that are free thinking that are maybe not necessarily free thinking, but maybe some that have different experiences uh, that allow them to see maybe that's not yeah. actually the case. Um, I think when you get into the Republic Commando stuff, you get you get uh, Darman and. Uh, Oh, I'm blanking on the name right now of the Jedi, but the two of them have a relationship. Uh, this clone trooper and this oh, okay. female Jedi have a relationship, and uh, and I think that stuff like that that was happening during the Clone Wars changes the perspective and allows them to go, wait a second, no, the Jedi couldn't do that. That doesn't make any sense. But most of the clone troopers, they're really just being told what to yeah. do by the Jedi. They're not. They don't have like these deep relationships. That, that go any further than, you know, like a, it's, it's like work friends uh -huh. and real right. friends, right? You know, like, I, I guess that's, that's the best analogy that I could give. It's like your work friends, 
or or for those of you that are younger, your friends that you're friends with at school, um, see them at school, you see them at work, you say hi in the hallways, uh, maybe have lunch every once in a while, and you're friends. You consider each other friends. But uh, but you know what? The second that you get fired, everybody at that job, they're a bunch <laughs> of jerks. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's that sort of thing. And uh, or or you know you know, like at high school, your friends can turn oh, on you yeah, in an yeah. instant. So. Uh, you know, over something silly. So, um, and that's because, you know, they're not really the friends that, that you have deep lasting relationships with. They're just the people that you hang out with yeah. day to day. Um, but then you have friends that you have an actual emotional connection to. And that's a little bit different. They're not as quick to believe the gossip and rumors about you as other people are. Right. But, but your work friends and your school friends, they are. The, you know that they, they they maybe don't know you as well and they they're quick to go oh yeah so and so is blah 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 you know and uh, and I think it's that element of these guys all work together uh, and they get along and uh, and they respect one one another but at the end of the day uh, you know are are Cody and Obi Wan really friends probably not not the same way that Obi Wan and Anakin oh no are, no no right. But I also think so, that the relationship between Rex and Anakin is is a little uh, different than Cody and Obi Wan as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I think that it I think that yeah. they can afford that in the story because they can yeah. simply say, "Yeah, well, of course Rex is going to side with Anakin, but Anakin doesn't yeah. get killed anyways." You know, Anakin Anakin's on the bad guy's side. In any case, so it doesn't really matter. He is on the side of Order sixty six. So. So yeah, that was a you know. Thanks, Greg, for uh, putting that up there. Yeah, we got some yeah, good discussion there. Yeah, there. really good. Um, yeah. So with that, we have the upcoming episode description, and here we go, folks. It is the Mandalore plot. I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, description, and I'll play a little preview, and then we'll uh, discuss it for a second here. It's uh, while investigating rumors of. Conspiracy surrounding Duchess Satine of Mandalore, Obi-Wan uncovers the truth about the mysterious Mandalore plot. Meet the Mandalorians, a peace-loving people with a slightly checkered past. Mandalore's violent past is behind us. And a little problem called Death Watch. Death Watch. Death Watch. Death Watch. Death Watch. The peaceful ways of the locals wore me out of it. Watch the brand new Star Wars The Clone Wars. So here it is, folks. You've wanted it, and here it comes the Mandalores. Here we go, the Mandalore plot, man. Yeah. Here it oh, is. Man. And you know what? They also brought up uh, the. Uh, the Death Watch, and that's a EU right there. So again, looks like uh, Dave Filoni yeah. is bringing in some of the EU into the uh, Clone Wars and making it George Cannon. Well, and here, here we are. This is the heart of the EU yeah. controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, that, like, quite literally, this is this is the heart of it. This rewriting of the Mandalorian history, which was actually, uh, I'm going to go back to Karen Travis. You know, she she fleshed that out quite a right. lot. Her books, um, not just in the Republic Commando stuff, but also with the the um, the New Jedi Order stuff, uh, or not New Jedi Order. Uh, what's the one after the New Legacy, Jedi Order? Legacy, yeah. Legacy of the Force. 
Yeah. Uh, with the Legacy of the Force series, I mean, she focused a lot of those around Boba Fett. And although I didn't read them, so I'm not really the expert on it, uh, I hear that there's oh, a yeah. lot of issues. Because all of a sudden, you know, we've got Duchess Satine right. of Mandalore. Like, <laughs> sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Mandalore has put its, its you know, uh, less peaceful past behind it or, whatever, you know, whatever they said. Um, these are sort of things that are flying in the face of what we know. Um, yeah. And that there are Mandalorians out there and that, there are, that there's enough right. of them out there. Uh, and Death Watch is kind of its own thing, and it kind of already exists. And how is this going to sync up with the Death Watch yeah, right, that we've already right. heard? And so, I mean, th- I'm, there's going to be a oh, lot yeah, of discussion this is be coming huge up. Here. But regardless, it's going to yeah, be an awesome yeah. show. Like, it's going to these are going to be awesome episodes. These Mandalorians look. Totally yeah, I'm, I'm afraid great. to get too excited though, because you know it's like like the old saying, you don't hype it up so much that you watch it and you get so. But, you know, definitely watching the, the preview and then hearing it again, you're like, wow, here we go. You know, I'm a little surprised that they are that they are putting it in right here around just after the middle of the season here. I thought this was going to be something they were going to do as a uh, finale for the season. But since they're putting it here, wow, yeah. who knows what's going to happen at the end. I mean, this is this is going to be sweet. We get the mantelope prot right here at, the, at almost the middle. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, Friday. for sure. For sure, yeah. it's going to be good. Uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about and hopefully be a little bit more amped up, a little bit more faster <laughs> in attempts. Faster in attempts, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, yeah. We'll be there. We'll be ready. Yeah, this, this episode's been slower, less intense. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, still yeah. intense, though. Still intense. Um, so I, that's our show. Yeah. Uh, thanks. thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com, uh, which I will get around to updating at some point. Um, we do have a news writer coming on soon, Standard. but uh, we're yes. still working stuff out. Yeah. Um, but you can also follow us on Twitter, username Clone Wars, and head over to Facebook to join our group and, and uh, become fans of front lines on facebook and that's uh facebook.com slash clone wars podcast and you can always join us on the geek out loud forums at www.geekoutpodcast.com slash forums and we would love to have you there to discuss the clone Wars series we have the most active uh forum oh on, yeah on over there uh of the other shows so uh keep so it let's up. keep it up guys because uh yeah. Put them all to shame because you guys are the most active Time. for sure. There it is. That's our and episode. We will see you all next week. Yeah.